You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Let's talk some TCU athletics. And we're going to start today with a little recruiting. Um, 2022 class starting to wrap up. TCU currently, according to 247 Sports, not the highest rated high school class in the 60s. Big 12 rank is number nine overall. Expected that to a certain extent given the circumstances. Was hopeful maybe because this staff is so embedded in recruiting. Um, They could jump that up a little bit more. You know, we'll see what happens when the dust settles but still a relatively small class from a commit perspective. I did like one offer they sent out yesterday, though, and I want to discuss a few of the guys that could be trending their way in the coming weeks. Now, they've done a lot of work in the transfer portal, and even though you know some of those guys I think are more depth pieces than actual frontline starters, their transfer portal class right now sits at number 14 in the nation. So that's really good. And that was something that Sonny Dykes, that Rashad Samples sort of promised as they were coming over. That philosophy they used at SMU about getting impact players from other schools was going to carry over to TCU. And they seem to be trying to do that and putting their best foot forward in that regard in this first recruiting cycle that they're a part of. There was an offer yesterday that I really liked. Uh, Coy Eakin is a wide receiver at Stephenville. Now, he also played on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, it's a 4A school, so that's not uncommon. He was a good safety. He was a really good wide receiver. And in the state title game where Stephenville played Austin LBJ, um, that was – he dominated. Like, he was uncoverable in that football game. And I remember watching it. Stephenville won, and it was, you know, a, a big moment for that town rich history there, but it had been a little while since they were at that level. And when they took down Austin LBJ and he was so good, I'm watching that game and I'm like, huh, you know, this seems like the type of player that would get some attention. Now, recruiting is not really my thing. I don't pay attention to the ins and outs of it all year long. And it's not uncommon for somebody to have a really good high school career and then not get much attention and many offers from other schools. Um, especially at a smaller school like that. Another guy that comes to mind, much different level, but Douglas Brooks at uh, Shiner, who's had a really good career, fun player, like a defensive tackle, but he also plays some running back from time to time. He's got some small school offers, but he's dominated that division of football for the past couple years, and it just hasn't really translated to getting the frontline offers at the next level. But anyway, Koyekin put on a show in the state title game, And my thought was, wow, he must be a dude that is getting attention from somewhere. But it looks like his offers at the FBS level are Washington State, North Texas, and then swooping in here at the end is TCU. And I'm going to use some context clues here. And there's actually some more information, some more in-depth information on Horn Frog Blitz that Jeremy Clark shared. I'm not going to share all that because, you know, there's a paywall there. I want to respect it. But... The tweet that Coy sent out when he talked about the offer, he identified Joe Gillespie as the member of the staff that offered him. Now, Gillespie is the new Frogs DC. 
Uh, Gillespie has a connection with Stephenville. He was a coach there, former coach there. He's coming back to the state of Texas. So maybe it's because of that connection, but I think more likely it's that they like this guy as a defensive player. And maybe he can play safety in this uh, in this new defense that Coach Gillespie's going to be rolling out for TCU. Um, TCU did this and made a living of this when Gary Patterson was there. He would take really good offensive players or just really good football players, didn't matter the position, and he would turn them into great defensive players, great safeties, linebackers, defensive linemen. He had a knack for saying, okay, I'm going to take some of these smaller school athletes, maybe they'll get the most attention, but I'm going to turn them into great football players. Now, I'm not going to pretend like I was watching the Stephenville Yellow Jackets week in and week out, but I know that when I watched them in that state title game, Eakin was a star. Like, he was an outstanding player for that football team. And I just think it's a, a good under-the-radar find. It's somebody that they can hopefully develop that you don't have to count on to start right away, especially who's going to kind of switch positions or be in a position that he's not as familiar with. It's not even really switching positions because he played on the defensive side of the ball in high school. I like how forward-thinking it is. I hope it works out. We'll see. There's some competition there. I don't know if they'll get him, but it seems promising. Another player to watch, Ronald Lewis, a cornerback from New Orleans. Now, there was a series of tweets from the TCU coaches yesterday that indicated they have a new commit. They were using the Wahoo22 hashtag. In one of those tweets, it was mentioned that this player that apparently committed was... uh, from the New Orleans area code. Ronald Lewis is a corner in New Orleans. He is right now committed to Texas, but there are some rumors that maybe he's not going to get the attention that he thought he would at UT. So he could be looking elsewhere. Um, So that's another name to watch as they sort of round out, you know, this 2022 class. And we'll see what happens with A.J. Allen, D.J. Allen, I know DJ Allen tweeted today that he is, and DJ Allen's the uh, wide receiver from Gladewater, Forsar, that he's headed to Florida this weekend. So Billy Napier, new staff there as well. They're trying to get it going. Um, We'll see. I like what TCU is doing, though. AJ Allen visited Nebraska last week. So, you know, there's a connection there because um, Brian Applewhite, the former TCU running backs coach, is now in Lincoln. So that is your high school recruiting update for the day. I like this offer, though, uh, of Koi Eakin, the Stephenville wide receiver slash safety, and I like the potential that TCU has moving forward. All right, when we come back, we'll talk a little basketball. Also, TCU baseball, the top 25 preseason polls are all over the place. Can we get a read on this team? We'll discuss that next. Segment two, Locked on Horn Frogs your daily TCU podcast. Uh, so TCU basketball, and I'm going to do something that you, you might think, well, that's kind of stupid, and you might be right, but I'm going to sort of go back on something that I said on Monday. So on Monday, you know, I've been, I've been kind of fascinated. I feel like after every basketball game this year, TCU fans are kind of making these projections, and in their head they're like, okay, what does this mean for the NCAA tournament? This is a big one. Does this mean, you know, we're trending the right way? Does it mean we're trending the wrong way? And 
I, I understand it. This team's currently kind of on the bubble. Joe Lenardi has them as one of the uh, first four teams with a bye heading into this week, which means they're not squarely on the bubble, but they're right there. And just barely in the tourney. Um, and they've had a more manageable schedule early in conference play. They've also only played five conference games. They're three and two in conference play. So there's 13 more of these to go. And they play Texas tonight. And my point was just sort of like, it's a long conference schedule. There's going to be ups and downs. They might drop two or three in a row. They might win two or three in a row. Like you just sort of have to keep a level head. I wouldn't worry too much about these postseason projections right now. I think there's still time, regardless of how they're doing, for it to go either way. That being said, I saw John Rothstein from CBS Sports, which he's an interesting follow. Um, I don't love how he uses Twitter because he just kind of tweets out the same five or six tweets all day long. But he is a college basketball madman. Like, that is what he is into. That's what he's plugged into. If you want to know about college basketball, listen to John Rothstein from CBS Sports. And he tweeted today, he was like, hey, this is a big week for TCU basketball and Jamie Dixon. They're playing Texas today, then they host LSU on Saturday and the uh, Big 12 SEC Challenge. It's an opportunity for them to bolster their tournament resume, which Texas at the moment is just outside of the top 25. LSU is a top 15 team. If you get victories, that would be big. I think tonight's a pretty huge game. And I say that because the schedule's going to get tougher. I watched Texas Tech and Kansas last night. Those look like really good basketball teams. Now, I don't think there is a dominant team in the Big 12 this year. Like, I don't see a group that's just head and shoulders above everybody else like Kansas usually is or like Baylor was last season. However, those teams are really good. Baylor's really good. Uh, you know, you haven't played – you guys still got to play Baylor one more time. You got to play Texas Tech and – Kansas twice each. So you got four games there. Uh, and then you go through the gauntlet again. You know, you're going to see some teams. Like, you'll see K-State again. You'll see Iowa State again. Teams that you beat, that you're going to have to find a way to beat again. You'll see Oklahoma again shortly. And Norman. So it's a, it's a long haul to get to the end of the season. And Texas has struggled under Chris Beard a little bit. But they're still a respectable group. They're still a group that got a lot of hype in the preseason, and it would be a quality win if you could find a way to get a victory on your home floor today. And it sounds like it feels like there's going to be a good atmosphere in Shalmai Arena tonight. I think the students are jazzed up. I think the alumni base is jazzed up. Tuesday night, 8 p.m. game. You don't have to worry about people straggling in from work for a 6 o'clock tip. This just seems like an opportunity where it's not a must-win or anything, but it's a game that you feel like you should win. And if you can get it done, then it helps bolster your resume, and I think it kind of takes some of the pressure off for that weekend game against LSU. Okay, we got that win. Now let's just play our best basketball against the Tigers, see what happens. So opportunity tonight for TCU basketball. Can Mike Miles get back on track? Need him to do it. Need him to start scoring. Can't go through this whole conference schedule surviving on Mike Miles just getting five to seven points a game. He's got to get going on offense. Hopefully tonight's a catalyst for that. They've defended well all year long. So we'll see what they can do.
another note on the TCU Athletics bubble in the world, whatever you want to say. Another top 25 poll for baseball came out yesterday, and it was the Baseball America top 25, and TCU was not involved. And I'm just sort of fascinated by this. The projections have been all over the place. Now, D1 had them at 17, D1 baseball, which I think they're the authority. I mean, they're really the ones that are paying attention to this. Uh, College Baseball Nation, which are, which they got some hate for this. There's some guys I like. You know, I had them on the show last year, but they they got TCU in the 30s. Baseball America doesn't have them in the top 25. There's some other publications that have had them in the top 15. This is a team that you just don't know a lot about. You got some new pitching. You got Austin Crope at the top of the rotation, and then you have some relatively unknown guys. You got a guy in the middle of the lineup like Braden Taylor, who you're expecting to rake. Porter Brown had a fantastic year last year. Can he get going again? You're, but you're also banking on Luke Boyers and Elijah Nunez to improve a lot at the dish. And some younger guys, like maybe Sam Thompson, to get going. So we're not going to know what happens until the ball gets rolled out there in Scottsdale in a couple weeks. But I like the makeup of the team. I think the bullpen especially with River Ridings and Garrett Wright and Marcelo Perez and possibly Luke Savage, you know, is he a guy that can come out of the pen or is he going to be more of a Tuesday night, get you through four or five innings against SFA type player? I don't know, but I like I like where this team's at. I think there's going to be some renewed energy with a new era involving Kirk Sarloose, and I'm ready to see him get on the field. I've just sort of been... Uh, tickled by that's an old person word tickled but I've, I've been interested at how all over the place these projections are it just it gets me kind of juiced up for the season because we don't really know until they get on the field what it's going to look like that'll do it for locked on horn frogs today thank you for listening we'll be back tomorrow we'll recap that texas game that's going on in shawmire arena this evening uh appreciate you guys